While the Monocle Weekly takes a temporary break, we're bringing you conversations with leaders in arts and culture from around the world. Today, we're meeting Kelly Lee Owens, whose convention-blurring techno and exquisite vocal work won her widespread praise for her self-titled debut. Her sophomore record, Inner Song, is out later next month. I spoke to Kelly to find out more. This is my second album, uh, the first album I put out in 2017, and I write, record, arrange, produce, perform. I work with a guy uh, called James Greenwood. It's a co-production, co-writing, but it's my baby and, and my world. And so the second chapter, yes, is uh, almost upon us. So it's exciting times for me. On the horizon, I'd like to get into sort of the sounds you make and, and the way you sound in a moment. But first, I wanted to kind of talk about some of the themes that this album maybe sets out to explore. They're kind of both personal and very public and that it in part engages with climate change. From a songwriting perspective and also from an arrangement perspective, how do you go about kind of finding the centre line between those two, between the kind of the micro and the macro? It's one of those things like, you know, Nina Simone says, it's like the artist's duty is to report the times. And so in 2020, and especially you really feel as though that's super important to be able to comment at least on kind of more collective themes, which are personal. Ultimately, the personal is the collective and vice versa. And we can no longer ignore things like ignorance is no longer bliss. And so, of course, things like climate change and also just like commentary on, like I say, collective ideas really came in. One of them being on a track called Wake Up, where it's kind of a, a commentary on like swipe culture and there's a line that says, like, never pausing to take it in, always avoiding your sense of dread. And obviously that was written pre-lockdown. <laughs> and it's interesting because I feel like now we're in a time and a period where we're forced to reflect. It's never been enough to just be. And so we're kind of, I think, undoing that mentality, which has been so damaging for so long. And we're also able to pause and reflect, of course, on all the oppressions and suppressions that have been happening to, to many people on this planet. And um, so, yeah, this time has been super valuable. But in terms of climate change, you know, a lot of people are talking about it and rightly so. And artists especially are not going to shut up about it. And we shouldn't. It's our duty to keep engaging in these conversations and so but my way of, of connecting with it was you know that for me there are so many kind of gorgeous sounds in in nature and nature sometimes can speak for itself in violent ways also in gentle ways and um, for me I wanted to create another a techno banger you know for me that's always quite important to have at least one on an album just to kind of you know have that big moment but I didn't just want to create one for the sake of it either and I thought about what I could say via sound. And so I found samples of melting glacial ice and I found samples of people skating on thin ice, which is kind of like a metaphor for where we're at in terms of the human race. And so I wanted to comment on it in a less direct way, but ultimately, of course, I would then, I knew afterward, be having conversations like we are now about the deeper meanings.
I think it's really interesting to pick up on something that you sort of mentioned at the beginning of your answer there that for people who have made an album or people who've written a book the last few months have been pretty wild if it's been scheduled to come out now you know the the environment the culture that you were writing it in has really changed possibly more radically in a short space of time than it ever has before in your or my lifetime. For you, how has this last few months kind of changed your relationship with the album that I guess you imagined releasing in a very different environment? Yeah, I did. And, you know, it's kind of like, oh, trust me to release it in such a challenging time. But um, also how amazing and what a privilege that I can. And I think it's classically more important than ever. I'm sure a lot of artists are saying to have people be connecting to their emotions. And often that is done via sound. And we're coming back to, you know, realizing during this time, like, what's the crutch for us? And it's, you know, all these things that culture creates since film, it's art, it's books, it's music. And um, what do we long for? What keeps us sane? And it's connection. And so I feel privileged that I can connect with people in this way. And although I can't connect with them in a physical way in terms of a live show, I know that the sound will do that and whoever needs it, you know, will find it. And I hope that it gives them some sense of solace, peace, comfort, joy, like whatever they need from it. And yeah, it's difficult because, you know, with Black Lives Matter movement, like I want to give that as much space as possible. And as a white woman, I'm super conscious of taking up space that, isn't mine so there's a fine balance it's like do you put out sound there that might give people something to lean into which is super important or do you continue to step back for longer and allow other voices to be heard which is something that I've just always been mindful of and will always want to do anyway it's a time of reflection and especially for white people we need to do a lot more of that I think and then be active take action You've got this fantastic James Baldwin quote sort of pinned on the landing page of your of your Twitter. Uh, the role of the artist is exactly the same as the role of the lover, it says. If I love you, I have to make you conscious of the things you don't see. And you've just reflected on, on that in different ways. But how has that informed your practice from the kind of get-go? Was it something that you've always been aware of? You sort of suggested it had, but I feel like things do just take on more urgency at moments like this. And it I don't think is bad to say that for artists, perhaps, as you say, you, you start to evaluate the value of the platform you have in a different way and perhaps start to feel a different degree of responsibility in how you use that platform. And I can imagine that being, you know, either very enervating or very energising, kind of depending from person to person. And I wondered if you'd given much thought to how you're going to metabolise this moment moving forward in your music making. You know, are you still in the middle of a of a creative burst? Is this something that you are going to engage with lyrically or sonically? You know, have you not quite got there yet? It's interesting because there are a few tracks that haven't made it onto the album, which are certainly more directly political that I was planning to, and I'm still planning to, 
release early next year, perhaps they should be released earlier, but I'll make that decision. So yeah, for me, I've been conscious of stuff happening a lot, but I am also willing to look at myself and say, you know, a lot of my focus has been as a woman in the industry, people are, oh God, we still have to talk about that. Well, yeah, we do actually, because things aren't changing as quickly as they should be. And I'm proud to say that in my team, it's like at least 70% women, actually, especially with my publishers. There's seven women, one woman of color. So in that balance, in terms of the sex thing, it's there, but I haven't done enough work in terms of people of color on my team. And I'm okay to say that because I'm open to learning and reflecting. And then back to the conversation about artists and their platforms. If you have a platform, use it. I want to know it is important now. I do feel that, you know, we don't separate someone's art from, in a sense, like where they're at politically. Like it's been going on long enough, this issue with black people being brutalized and murdered and people of color being oppressed. I do want to know if I listen to you, what side you stand on if you have a public platform. That is important to me and for people to use it in a way that communicates which side you're on. That might be controversial to some people, but to me, it's a no brainer. And of course, it's actually about what you're doing behind the scenes, like I say. So, for example, my team and looking at that and, you know, for this new album, like the first visuals I made for Melt, where I'm getting black perspectives on my art in that I'm grateful to have these incredibly creative, beautiful people around me. And um, but, yeah, there's more work to be done. And so I'm very clear on that, that if you have a platform to use it. And I did tweet something and I did post something saying that your silence is deafening right now. And that triggered a lot of my white friends, but I'm not here to be necessarily understood. That's not my role as the artist. Going back to that quote, it's to like in any good relationship to make you more conscious of yourself. And there's a lyric in On that says, can only love as deeply as you see yourself. And that's the truth. You can only love anything, anyone, as deeply as you're willing to look at yourself. And we have a lot of work to do as white individuals. kind of touched on it there when you when you spoke about the sort of gender imbalance but I guess the genre that you're sort of working in the status quo such as it has been is now being challenged as it is everywhere but you know it has been a very white very male space in spite of its like multiple points of contact with black music in America or with queer spaces and it is being challenged but you yourself have kind of come up against that. I read you talking very generously, but definitely with frustration about this track, a banger, I have to say, that you did with John Hopkins. And like, that was kind of your track. 
but that was sort of reframed as John Hopkins featuring you. And I guess that like kind of experience must have given you some insight into the ways that these sort of systems perpetuate themselves a bit. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure like John doesn't mind me speaking about this because I have to say, you know, he has been one of the most supportive people. And a lot of the people that have supported me have been men giving me the platform, which is unfortunate that it has to be that way. But like, okay, we are where we are. That has been the way. And people have been super generous. And so doing this, it was an amazing thing for both John and I. And, you know, ultimately the stems, for example, just to go into the the context of it, the stems were his. It was a remix, you know, but I made it into its own track and I wrote the lyrics and I produced it and I arranged it and I added synth lines on top and percussion of my own and all this stuff. And, you know, then it was a collaboration in the sense that he took that, he put on a intro and an outro. He took my vocals, he put some of the vocals in the second half as like a layer and added like, you know, which is what he's great at, like an extra layer of sound design. But the body, the arrangement, the idea, the writing of the lyrics, the writing of the vocals, the production of the sound, everything was like, I delivered that to him. And so I was even conscious of like, before it even came out, I asked for the press release to state, even though it's a collaboration, which is seemingly an upgrade, that it was stated that like, this is something that I delivered to John and then he did this thing and that's why it's a collaboration. And of course it being in the first instance, his stems. So it was John Hopkins and Kelly Lee Owens. It wasn't featuring. I did the research in terms of just like looking at what people were saying and ultimately like people connecting with it really is the thing like if they take away something from it that's beautiful and uplifting and like makes their day better in some way like really that's what it's about but yeah a lot of people like wow man John's a genius this guy just like gets it right every time like all these compliments and like I was like oh okay and then there are people that are like sweetly fighting my corner going Kalo did this or like this is Kelly so there's a debate happening so that's in a sense is progress because there are people who are like fighting my corner in a sense and me talking about it is also super important but it's a shame that I do have to and my validity as creator of the work is consistently questioned my capabilities are questioned so yeah it's hard to deal with but I will talk about it to the death I will be highlighting it to the death until that idea of a woman is not capable of this for whatever reason is completely extracted from the minds of of those that listen I feel people need to know that and respect that and uh, yeah we'll see where we land To get back to the album, because we have spoken about the cultural kind of context of now a lot, which is important, and I think it's just great to hear 
everyone's thoughts on it. I think it's an important time. But you mentioned at the at the sort of top of the interview this like use of natural sounds of bringing the kind of world and the directness, the places where maybe some of the themes that you're picking up on impact into the music itself, which stood out to me and stood out to me when I was listening to the album as well. I recently spoke to Panther Duprance, who just made this album, Conference of Trees, and he's used uh, lots of different types of wood in this kind of percussive techno way to bring the forest very, very literally onto the record. And it's beautiful. It sounds amazing. And it sounds amazing on your album as well. Is that a coincidence? (laughs) I don't mean because you copied him or he copied you, but I mean, is that a coincidence? Because that kind of music concrete, that like turn away from the hard drive, from the computer Mm. and that search for sounds in different areas. Do you think that's something that people making this sort of music are kind of more alert to? Yeah, because I think everything moves in phases, right? So like, you know, when the first synth came out and things like that, we get obsessed and excited and we move in that direction where everything's synthetic slightly. And we're kind of like, you know, we're going down that route and like, well, let's explore this now. And then there's obviously a bounce back to everything. So it's just like timing and phases of life and our exploration. And also absolutely it reflects like the times that we're in. Nature is literally showing us, calling out via, you know, action and sound that it is in pain. And if it's not in our consciousness, it's in our subconsciousness. So somewhere. So it's like these sounds like really wanting to be heard. And also like they're the first sounds we ever experienced as human beings. Like nature's always been the first sound, even before our voice. So it's coming back to the core of everything, understanding again that it's not like a separate thing. It is us. We are it. And so we're expressing ourselves through that. And then there's even things like on that track, Wake Up, which is the last track on the album, there's a moment where it goes into instrumental and it's instrumental of strings and then also like a synth arpeggiated synth going over the top of it. So the strings, and I remember I wrote it and then I I listened to the mix of it. And it was only during the mixing process I stopped and listened and I thought, whoa, it was like nature was the strings communicating this sorrow like, and if you re-listen after I've said this, it's like, you might get it in a sense, because it's, there's this big epic, like crying out in pain. And then the digital kind of like analogy sound on the top is like, it's incessant. And that to me is like the technology trying to like distract us from the pain. And that's what happens all the time is always, always distracting ourselves. And, you know, and like I say, in, in that song, never pausing. And it was just so reflective. And that wasn't even like an organic sound. Like it's a man-made instrument there, but that through me has reflected something in our times, which is of nature. So it all comes back to the same thing. And I think that it's beautiful that we're making the natural organic sounds work with the more kind of like analogy man-made things. But at the end of the day, I'm at the other end. I'm operating the synth. So it's always this humanness that comes through for me. And that's what I enjoy about it. I love that idea that kind of electronic music, which I think 
to people who listen to music made on electronic instruments, you know, those people will never have needed much convincing that it doesn't have a lot of soul, that it doesn't have a lot of what you just described of the artist, of the human in it. But like there is definitely that gladly no longer quite as loud hardcore of people for whom music is only ever going to be five boys and some guitars who maybe argue that it doesn't work as a vehicle for emotion in that way. And I just think that, you know, to take a set of man-made instruments and the beats that have been explored on them, the rhythms and the sounds, and to use that as a medium for dialogue with nature is such a cool place to be, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's funny because I always think of people say, oh, what influence, for example, like your sound? And that's the only thing I can really speak of and know for sure. And it's like, I come from Wales and we've got these big mountains and like epic scenery. And I always equate that with like the melancholy and the emotions. And like, we're quite sort of melancholic people. We're not afraid to go into those depths. And so the melody, it's entitled like the land of song because we express ourselves through choirs and song, especially men, which is really not that encouraged in some other cultures. And I think it's a beautiful thing to have older men expressing themselves through song so for me that melodic thing comes for me from that place and then I moved to London 11 years ago and that's the more perhaps a more urban because I only discovered like real like what dance music was and men and could be when I moved to London and so the synths in a sense like represent the urban thing and so it's kind of the natural nature thing countryside you know weaving with my urban experience and that's where we're at we're questioning right does this urban lifestyle work for us what is it is it is it good for our health is it good for the environment is it all these things so i think they're both currently in conversation so loudly because that's where we are at as a species that's what we're questioning that's what we're doing now Kelly Lee Owens there and her new album Inner Song is out at the end of August. Do catch up with the singles ahead of its release. I've been Augustin Machelari. This interview was edited by May Lee Evans. Until next time, goodbye.